When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast family. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Thursday morning, early early Thursday morning here as I record this uh, after the Denver Nuggets loss to the Golden State Warriors final score, 102-98 in Game 5. The Warriors are moving on. The Nuggets have been eliminated in five games. And... My voice is a little bit raspy. I'm, I'm. It's, it's been a long day. It's been a long week. It's been a long season, frankly. And, and to tell you the truth, I'm okay with where this thing ended. I'm okay with where the Nuggets ultimately stepped off and said, "Look, we had a really good year. It was a year from hell. We didn't give it to the Warriors, but we definitely fought. Definitely, definitely fought." Was. I think the best way to describe this series as a whole. This podcast is going to be weird. This this uh, the the podcast when the season ends is always weird because you want to talk about the game, but I think Nuggets fans also want to hear about the season and the series and and just everything that kind of goes into that. So I'm going to spend one segment on big takeaways from this game, one segment on the takeaways from the series. And then talk about whether the season was a success or not. And I think a lot of people will have different opinions on it. And we'll get to that when it ultimately comes around. But first, let's talk about this game. Let's talk about an absolute bloodbath, frankly, that this Nuggets team had every excuse to roll over, I think. You got the one game in game four. You fought. You proved yourself. You didn't have to win this series or win this game in order to prove your your toughness. But Denver went out and did it anyway and I spoke on last last podcast basically that look, Denver had had two games in games 1 and 2 where they kind of rolled over. Then they had two games in games 3 and 4 where they fought and they were competitive and they were playing with the Warriors. And I think you can throw this game into that latter category as well. So they had more games where they were competitive than they than they had where they weren't. And that's a really good sign for this team and just kind of their mentality. And it manifested in a bunch of different ways, but mostly it was the effort and intensity on the defensive end. The Warriors scored 102 points. They did not get easy shots tonight. There were some shots that the Nuggets willingly gave up, one of the, like, Gary Payton, the second shots, were definitely kind of in that category, I think. But Denver made Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green fight for their lives tonight. Denver went with their normal starters. I thought that it was a mistake. 
And honestly, you look at the plus minus and think, okay, Jeff Green was a minus 13 in 29 minutes. Maybe it was a mistake. Maybe that's something that Denver, had they had their druthers, they would do something different. Of course, this game got really weird due to the injuries, so I'm not going to hold it massively against Michael Malone that, that Jeff Green played 29 minutes because Austin Rivers could only play five, and Bones Highland was pretty clearly hampered, and like your other options are just very limited. So Denver had to just trust the guys that they had, but they fought. And you can't like you could say a lot of things. You can say a lot about the execution. You can say a lot about the lack of shot making, but you can't say a damn thing about their defensive effort tonight. That starting group: Monte Morris, Will Barton, Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green, Nikola Jokic. They fought their ass off, and that was very clear from the jump that Denver was going to do everything they can to make Golden State work for this victory. And they did. They had to. Clay played 40 minutes. Steph played 38. Draymond Green played 36. The Warriors cut down their rotation. Nemanja Bielitsa got a DNP. Uh, they, they basically said with their rotation that they were going to play their main guys to try to close out Denver. Denver made them fight for everything they had. And even though the Warriors shot 42% from three, Denver's defense was really good. It was actually, it was very good tonight. And there were some mistakes that the Warriors definitely made, but I thought the Nuggets played the, the passing lanes really well. thought they did a nice job of shutting off some of the, the easier possessions that the Warriors would have. And they protected the paint reasonably well. And Nikola Jokic gets a lot of credit for that. But also, so do the rest of the Nuggets for rotating really hard, making sure to show their hands, making sure to move their feet, and they put themselves into a position where they could take the game and take the win right at the end, all the way until the end. It was crazy. We got to talk about Nikola Jokic, right? Jokic was fantastic. 30 points on 12 of 18 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3, and the last three that he missed, man, he was close. That was a shot that, that he wants to have back because he was so close on that three. And had he hit it, the game is probably different. But he still had 30 points, 19 rebounds, and 8 assists. Did have 6 turnovers and 5 fouls, but is what it is. Had a steal, 2 blocks, and really did a nice job on both ends of the floor until he got hit with that hamstring injury. And it looked like he landed awkwardly at one point when he went up for a hook shot. And when he came back down on it, was clearly gimpy, clearly limping. I wasn't watching the main broadcast, so I didn't see what was going on. But everybody was like, oh my god, what is going on with Jokic? What is going on with Jokic? Is he okay? And when he came back into the game after that, he was clearly laboring. He got his fifth foul almost immediately, could barely move, went onto the went onto the bike to try to get that thing going. But then when he came back on the floor, he scored like 10 or 12 straight points to end the game and really did try to put the team on his back because there were just not enough guys that were capable of helping him out at the end of this game. And everybody was just out of gas. Everybody was doing their damnedest to try to get 
uh, what they needed to do and get the ball to Nikola Jokic. But in the end, Denver shot 6 of 29 from 3, 20.7%. They missed 9 free throws. They didn't finish well at the rim and, and missed some open mid-range jumpers. There just wasn't enough help to go around, I don't think. But it didn't stop Nikola from battling through it, doing his best to hit the, the off-rhythm jumpers, the uh, up-and-unders, the floaters in the middle of the lane where he's being draped all over by guys. And he was fighting through. He was just making some very, very impressive shots. And ultimately, it came up short. But the Warriors threw the kitchen sink at him. They doubled him extensively over the course of the game. He threw passes to guys and tried to get everybody involved. And were there some mistakes made? Yeah. Like there are some times he probably should have just shot the ball as opposed to passing. But he was fantastic. And they even threw out the box and one. I think it was in the third quarter, late, mid-late third quarter, where they threw the box and one at him with Clay Thompson. And then they had Draymond Green and Kevon Looney as kind of the baseline guys, the guys that were on each block, just so that they could put themselves into position where they were helping out and doubling every single chance that they could get and trying to zone up on the weak side. They were basically daring anybody else on the Nuggets to beat them. And it didn't happen tonight. And that's sort of the story of the season, I think. But it does show just how much respect and just how much they had to throw at him in order to stop him. And it took a gimpy hamstring. It took a box and one against a freaking center. And it took some of the best defensive minds in Draymond Green on the court and Ron Adams on the sideline to actually come up with ways to stop him. And in the end, they still had to resort to some junk defenses. And that's crazy. That is insane. That's just how, how you know that you've made it. And there was a lot of respect thrown Jokic's way at the end of the game. A lot of mutual respect, of course. But I do think that Nikola acquitted himself very, very well in this series. And that despite starting slowly in games one and two, not being at his best, he was fantastic in games three, four, and five. And you can't really ask for more than that. Next, Aaron Gordon, I thought, showed up big time, especially in the first half. I don't think he had any points in the second half, though, and that's probably something to talk about on another day. But he was really, really good in putting Denver into a position where they were tied at the beginning of the game and tied at halftime. Because of his effort, he got the Nuggets into the bonus early. He got... Uh, he had various defensive rotations that were fantastic and doing his best to chase around these guards and these athletic, quick, excellent shooting guards. And very nearly won Denver the game as kind of that, that swing factor. There was another swing factor, too, that we'll talk about in just a second. But Aaron Gordon had this quote after the game that I want to read real quick and just... Find it here real quick. I've relied on talent for so long and not enough on the cerebral part of the game. 
it's time to make the switch, that switch. And some people are like, oh, why, why is he doing that? Like, like what, what's he saying? He's been in the league for eight years. What I think is that Aaron Gordon has grown up in the course of this series. And I'll talk about this more in segment two, but nobody made a larger leap from game one to game five than Aaron Gordon. And he just showed up in a big way and, and found ways to make an impact even though he wasn't at his best, even though there were some things and some weaknesses in his game that impacted him. Like I think the three missed free throws were a big deal. He missed all of his threes, had four turnovers tonight, but he was still a plus two. And he made an impact as an offensive rebounder and getting involved and knowing where to be in relation to Nikola. And I think Denver can take that and take what his mentality and his sentiment is and take that into the offseason and build upon that as their foundation. That they need to become a more cerebral team in general to match what Nicola does best. It isn't just about having more talent. It isn't just about having more shooting or more defense. It's about outthinking the opponent and being a better mental place than the opponent. I think Aaron Gordon can be a part of that based off of what he showed. He showed up big time. I really do think so. But not to be outdone, DeMarcus Cousins very nearly saved the day in this game. From the jump and from when he first came in, he was providing a positive impact. And some of the defensive stuff wasn't great. And it's hard to defend Steph Curry if you're DeMarcus Cousins. And I don't want to like like cut him all the slack, but he, he's just a guy who's come off of an ACL and an Achilles at his size. He's just not going to move that well. And so there are certain things that he can do, certain things that he can't. But focusing more on what he can do, he had 19 points on 12 shots in 15 minutes. 8 of 12 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3. And just put Denver scoring on his back when Nicola was off the floor. Like, the Nuggets bench had 6 guys that played tonight. And they scored 23 points. And DeMarcus had 19 of them. The only other guy to score was Bones Highland, who was 4 of 4 from the free throw line, but was 0 of 6 from the field and 0 of 5 from 3. Not enough guys showed up tonight in general, but DeMarcus was one of them. He took advantage of his matchup, and even against Draymond Green in the post, was still scoring, was still being productive. He showed up, and that means a lot. And he didn't necessarily like comment on his future and wanted to, like he wasn't going to commit to re-signing with the Nuggets or anything like that. But if he doesn't, if he isn't presented with a massive contract, then I think the Nuggets are going to try to get him back. This game really mattered. And, and though he's not going to be a matchup for every single game, especially when Denver gets up to the upper echelons of playoff competition... DeMarcus Cousins still has a place in this league, though. Like, he definitely showed it tonight. And I've been a little bit hard on him, for sure. And there's a lot of stuff that could be said about DeMarcus that he probably has to be more self-aware about. He probably has to have more control over. But what he did tonight as a scorer and showcasing the talent, showcasing the ability to just fight through 
the difficult times. I thought that said a lot. So credit to him. But beyond that, I think the main story of this game was the injuries that mounted up. Austin Rivers played five minutes tonight. And I've been talking about how important Austin Rivers is to Denver's ultimate goals. He only played five minutes. Steph Curry played 38. Klay Thompson played 40. And the reason why Rivers played five minutes is I'm pretty sure it was a hamstring injury where he jumped up into the air, landed on, and it was just gimpy after that. I think Jokic had the same issues. But with Rivers, he was Denver's best perimeter defender all series and really showcased an ability to execute the game plan. I think if he's there and available for the entirety of this game, then Denver probably wins it. But they just lost so many bodies throughout this game that you had the starters having to play just these massive minutes. Will Barton sat for like three minutes in the second half. And he sat for, I think, five minutes in the first half. Same thing with Aaron Gordon, by the way. Those guys were on the court and playing a lot. And the only reason Nikola Jokic didn't play more was because he had five fouls at various points uh, in the fourth quarter, but he also had the hamstring injury. And so they they kind of took him out and was like, hey, this is uh, this is kind of a problem. It was a good thing, though, that they had Cousins and that he stepped up in this place. Denver had 49 points come from their center position tonight. 49 out of, out of 98, literally 50% of the offense. And that doesn't even count the passing. So. The Bones injury also was pretty bad. He landed pretty awkwardly and was very, like, he had to be taken out of the game too. And just start thinking about it, thinking, man, Murray went out. Porter went out. Dozier went out. Flacco and Zeke got hurt, and they weren't a factor in the series at all because they came back too late. I really do think that if Zeke had stayed healthy the entire year, then Michael Malone might have gone to him. Jermichael Green was 10 minutes, 0 of 1, and and didn't record a stat other than a foul. You don't think that they could have used Zeke's spacing, like his ability to guard one-on-one a little bit more? Probably could have been helpful. But all of the guys that went down, and then to have another three guys get injured in the same game, while Denver was up, they were up at the end of the third quarter. It was 78-70. to 70. Denver was playing so well. And just to have a whole bunch of injuries kind of mount up, those are just the breaks. Those are It's, it's just a bad break. And you can't be mad at anybody. You can't be upset that a worn-down team that was shorthanded the entire season got even more shorthanded because guys got hurt. Like, there's nobody to be upset about there. I think if there is one thing that I would comment on, I think not adding Davon Reed from that two-way contract to a standard contract, it looks really bad in hindsight because Denver could have used him, and they could have used him at various points throughout this series, but especially when the injuries happen because you just need another reliable person, and Denver couldn't go to anybody. They had to play Will 40 minutes. They had to play Aaron Gordon 40 minutes. Jeff Green played 29. You don't think that they could have played Monte, Will, Davon Reed, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic as their closing lineup? That's probably what I would have done. 
but Denver couldn't go to it. So it's a it's a tough one. It's definitely tough. And the fact is, is that Denver got exhausted with being shorthanded, with being some some injuries out there. The rest of the team just got tired and they made some mistakes at the end that they like in game three, you don't necessarily make unless you're tired. And it sucks. And then Denver got hit with some variants. Gary Payton goes three of four from three, makes some big, big plays down the stretch. Gary Payton shot 75% from three on the series. Like, that sucks. That's like, even on wide open shots, he's not known as a shooter. He shot like 35% on the year. Just because Denver's leaving him open, other teams were leaving him open too. And he shot 35% during the year. So it's tough. It's a tough thing for Denver to deal with. But not like on top of that, like Draymond Green also shot 43% from three in the series. Sometimes you just get hit with shot variants. Sometimes teams just outplay you. And it's tough because it was in combination with the injuries. It was in combination with all of the uh, obstacles that Denver had to face throughout the year. But the Warriors, they're clearly an elite team. They're clearly a team that also had to struggle with Denver. That Nikola Jokic made things tough, that the Nuggets made things tough. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do going forward. But for now, a tough way to lose game five. But I'm at peace. And I was at peace when Denver made it a fight in the in the first half. There was an opportunity for them to roll over. There was an opportunity for them to roll over in game four. The fact that they did it says a lot about the group, says a lot about the culture, and it says a lot about what happens for this team when things go right. Things didn't go right for Denver in each of the last two years. I want to see what happens when they do. When Denver gets some good luck next time around. We can only hope. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about what Denver learned from this series. We'll be right back. at it. Pickaxe and roll Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support this season on the podcast. Uh, the, the program has grown. Uh, more people are tuning in than ever before, and I just really genuinely appreciate the love. Everybody that, that has reached out and, and said, uh, really appreciate your coverage this year. It, it does genuinely mean the world. I've always gone through, I think, self- Oh, I, I, I won't. I won't get into all that. Like sometimes I think too poorly of myself and and what I do and what what I mean to the Nuggets community. And I try to give my heart and soul to this thing, and I hope that comes through in a positive way. When people reach out like that and say positive things, it really does reaffirm that, and it's been freaking fantastic. So, thank you for being a part of it for sure. Let's talk about the series. Let's talk about how Denver, in a a 4-1 series, 
I think they acquitted themselves reasonably well after what was a really bad start. Uh, I knew that Denver was capable of this. And from the jump, like from the beginning of this season, even without Jamal Murray, even without Michael Porter Jr., I knew that Denver was guaranteed to be in the playoffs if they trusted in Jokic and they bought in. And there was a lot of buy-in. Like, there were a lot of guys that stepped up and filled their roles and definitely some things that I think I would have improved upon. But Denver got enough in the regular season to put themselves into a position where they could be in a first-round series against a team and not have to worry about the play-in. And then you get just blown out in the first two games. And it looks bad, and you're getting ejections, and everybody's feeling some kind of way. You get some fighting. And I was pretty much on the fact that Denver had not built up their playoff habits and were in a really bad position because they, they didn't necessarily take the regular season seriously from a playoff perspective. And what I mean by that is that Denver screwed up some easy things. They screwed up some effort things. They screwed up some basketball, into, not, not intelligence, but some... Uh, like easy stuff from a rotational standpoint, from a intensity standpoint. There were a lot of things that fell through the cracks in games one and two that put them behind the eight ball. And they needed to learn those really, really quickly in order to put up a very competitive series against the Warriors. And what we saw in games three through five was a team that can hang with the big boys, was a Nuggets group, that even without Jamal Murray, even without Michael Porter Jr., even with some things going against them through the regular season, that they had a group and they had a leader and they had a good mix of people around that leader that could get them to a competitive place. And in the end, that's all you can ask for. You know you're at a talent deficit. You know you're in a situation where the opposing team has some of the best shooting in the world, some of the best defense in the world, and that you've got to work through that. But Denver, they couldn't let the Warriors out-tough them. They couldn't let them out-hustle them. They had to win on the margins. That was the only way that Denver was going to be able to make this series work. And they started doing that in Game 3. It didn't fully manifest until Game 4, And I really do think it manifested in Game 5. Like, the reason that Denver was in this one, they shot 21% from three or whatever. The reason they were in it was because of their toughness, was because of their intensity, was because of their attention to detail, and how they made the Warriors work for everything. And it tired out the Warriors and really irritated them, I think. There were some moments where they were looking shaky, especially in that third quarter of this game where the Warriors were looking around like, oh my God, are we going to lose this thing? This is not what we expected. Based off of every every conversation that they had, they were, they were talking about taking care of business in Game 5. And they weren't taking care of business because Denver took the fight to them. And Denver acquitted themselves well. But you've got to be locked in from the jump next time. And that is one thing that... It's been a consistent error and a consistent issue with the Nuggets in the Michael Malone era. 
they have been slow to adjust, slow to ratchet up the intensity, and has put them behind the eight ball in every playoff series they've played. Pretty sure they've gone down 2-1 in every single series, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's true. 2-1 every single time. and Or it's at least 2-1 because they went down 3-0 in this one and they nearly got swept. And they put themselves into that position because they weren't ready. They've got to be ready. They've got to know what the intensity is going to look like. Put themselves into a position where they get the calls because they are ready and taking the fight to the Warriors or whichever playoff team they play next. But you've got to elevate your game in that regard. And you've got to elevate elevate the cerebral nature of your game. Where the matchups and the adjustments and the nuances and all of those things are going to change from game to game, your intensity cannot. That is the thing that has to remain constant, that you have to be pedal to the metal for 100 miles per hour for 100% of the game. You have to be able to do that. Or if you've got the talent to kind of back off a little bit and, and kind of time things up a little bit better, like the Warriors do, then you can go 70 miles per hour on sometimes and then 120 miles per hour when you need to. But you've got to understand the nuances. And Denver learned those things and they figured some things out over the course of games three, four, and five. But it took them so long to get into the nuances and they had to go through the bigger pieces of this that that took too long for them to actually win the series. It put them behind the eight ball. And they ultimately responded and put some, like they put some, uh, they put themselves into a position where they could be competitive. But then they're out uh, maneuvered at various points. And guys just didn't hit shots at various points. So you're going to need players to step up and hit shots, especially when teams go to those junk defenses. That was the biggest moment, I think, in this series where the momentum was firmly on Denver's side. They had built up a lead. The Warriors called a timeout in that middle of the third quarter, and they were reeling. And what did they do? They went to a box and one against Nikola Jokic with Klay Thompson on him. And then you have other players flanking the paint. And there were times where he had two or three guys in position to stop Nikola from getting shots, to cover up some passing lanes. And he would throw the ball over the top of the defense, reverse the ball, put it into a position where Monte Morris or Will Barton or Jeff Green or Aaron Gordon would then make a play, and they just couldn't. And some of that is part of the cerebral nature of it, and knowing the adjustments and being able to adjust before the adjustment is made. Part of that is because you're missing your two best shooters. You're missing your other or your your second and third best offensive players. Not to mention, I, I think Bones could have been out there and could have played better, but he didn't really show up either. I'm not really putting that at Bones' feet. Everybody knows I, I love Bones. I think he's a part of the core, but he's a rookie. 
and he's got to learn some stuff too and, and deliver in some of those big moments where the team needs him. Before the starters, they've got to step up and hit those shots, especially when the opposition does everything that they can to take out Nicola. It's got to happen. You're also going to need another perimeter defender or two, where it looked pretty clearly like the Nuggets were missing just that extra oomph to really take Steph Curry out of rhythm, to really take Klay Thompson out of rhythm. They had nobody for Clay. And they got lucky that Clay wasn't hitting a bunch of shots tonight. But he was getting to the mid-range. He was getting over Monte Morris. He was getting free around Will Barton. And Denver couldn't really deal with that because they had to dedicate so much energy to other guys. So you've got to add another guy who can guard one-on-one, either as a guard or a wing. Doesn't really matter, but preferably both. That would be great. And then you just got to get healthy. One of the things that really stands out, is just night and day, the difference between Denver's options and their optionality with their bench and Golden State's options, where they could DNP Nemanja Bielitsa because he wasn't giving them what they needed. And they go to a different guy. They go to a different player. And that guy can just, like a Gary Payton II, that guy can just come off the come off the floor, come off the, the bench, and hit 75% of his open three-point shots. Or defend Bones Highland and really put him off of his game. And they had different guys that they could go to in different spots where... Denver just didn't have that optionality. You would love it because if you had Murray and Porter, then you could stagger those guys with the second unit. Give them some options. Will Barton doesn't have to play 40 minutes. Aaron Gordon doesn't have to play 40 minutes. And maybe they do at some point in a must-win game. But in order to get to that point, you need optionality for sure. And that's really it. Like there are other things, and I'll go into more detail on this as we get into the rest of the right, the off season and kind of this end of season period. Before now, let's take another break. When we come back, I, w- I want to touch touch on purgatory and whether this year was a success or failure, because I think there are a lot of opinions, and I just want to share mine. We'll be right back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's talk about success. Let's talk about failure. Let's talk about what this season means. And we'll have, obviously, plenty more time to, to pack unpack all of this stuff, because there's a lot of nuance here. There's a lot of things to discuss, uh, both, like, about Denver's roster, about their mentality, about just how things progressed, how things ended up, but also about just the logistics of it and and what the next things are on the docket. There's a lot to talk about. But my first impressions, just as, as we're kind of fresh off the season, 
right into the offseason. First initial thoughts here. Success and failure is a binary concept where you can either be successful or you fail. And for the Nuggets, I'm not sure it applies. I'm not sure, especially in this year, that it applies to your Denver Nuggets. And here's the reason I say that. We didn't know if Jamal Murray was going to be back this year. I thought he was going to be. I thought he was in a position where he would come back. I had no idea that Michael Porter would be out and play nine games, missing 73. I didn't think that Murray would miss 82. I genuinely thought he would be back. It's based off of conversations, based off of everything that I've mentioned on previous podcasts. With that being said, you absolutely know that the Nuggets gave it their all, that they fought as hard as they can, and they put themselves into a position where they couldn't go any further. Denver, in this case, lost to a Golden State Warriors team that I think is going to be a contender. And last year, Denver ran up against a Phoenix Suns team that ultimately was definitely a contender that went to the NBA Finals and nearly won it all. They won the first two games, and then Giannis realized, I'm Giannis, I should probably score a lot. And they ultimately won that series. But Phoenix was really good, and and they they acquitted themselves well this year, of course. So Denver's loss in their, their sweep last year certainly looks better in retrospect. But if Denver had been swept again, I think no matter whether Golden State was a contender or not, you could definitely consider this a failure because Denver didn't learn, and they didn't progress in a meaningful way. Or at least the things where they they had progressed didn't really matter. Whether it was because of the injuries or the circumstance or anything like that. I don't think you can really boil it down to just one loss and a 4-0 versus a 4-1 series. Does it really mean that much in the grand scheme of things? No. But it was the mentality, I think. And it was how they approached it and how... I keep mentioning Sisyphus, that you have to push the rock up the hill, the boulder up the the mountain, and you know it's never going to stick, but you are tasked with doing it anyway. And some people would falter in that, with that knowledge. Some people would be like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go and continue to push myself and to agonize myself, knowing what we know, knowing that this is a lost season, that the Nuggets weren't going to be able to throw their best punch, and that this wasn't going to end up in a championship year. Nobody would have questioned if they just quit. There were other teams that did. They showed their ugly faces. Continue to do so. The Nuggets didn't quit, though. And you saw it up and down the roster at varying levels where different guys gave different levels of just success, I guess. 
And I think it reaffirmed my belief in this team and in this culture and in this group that they can do some special things when the DAC isn't so stacked against them. Take Nikola Jokic. We got to see Jokic do MVP things. He took his game to another level again. And he has never stopped progressing to the point where you could say he's topped out as a player. He just keeps getting better and keeps breaking boundaries for what he's supposed to do. Just a very special individual that as the 41st overall pick, he has turned himself into a player where it is a no-brainer to give him a supermax. And if the Nuggets were to give him more, nobody would question that either. He is the embodiment of what it means to be a Denver Nugget. We got to see Aaron Gordon figure things out in real time and improve as a player in so many aspects. He's also somebody who's self-aware and understands that he still has so much more to go. And I, I firmly agree with him that there are some things this year that he didn't do well. There were some things that he did do well, but I thought they circumnavigated the things that he didn't. And so when faced with those problems, when faced with those issues that the Warriors showed brightly for everybody to see in games one and two, he turned around and made it work in games three, four, and five and brought a new mentality and a new level of aggression that I think he is going to continue with for the rest of his career. And that is exciting. That's an exciting thing to see guys fail, but then get back up and improve and figure it out. That is an exciting piece for Denver's ultimate championship puzzle. We got to see Monte Morris step up as a starter and fully acquit himself well with tons of big moments this year. Had the big floater in game four, hit the buzzer beater against the Warriors earlier this year, stepped up at various points as Denver's second best player and the most important partner for Nikola Jokic. Set up the MVP, set up the rest of the team, and did his job. Nobody ever expected him to be a starting point guard. He was the 51st overall pick for a reason. But he has improved every single year as well. And you want to have guys like him around because he is made for the big moments. Six assists, one turnover tonight. 36 minutes. Was he great? No. Did he step up and continue to show over the course of this series that he can be a part of what Denver is building? Absolutely. We got to see Will Barton hit a big shot. Despite the tough season that he had, he stepped up, hit a big shot in Game 4. And he was part of that. Definitely struggled throughout this year. Wasn't the best piece for what Denver needed. And I do think that there might be changes with his spot. And that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough for Denver as an organization. I don't think, I think people are underrating that reality. That Will's been around now for like seven and a half years. That is a long time. And so you get firmly entrenched with these guys. And it's tough to make those changes 
Denver might be at that crossroads. But we got to see that crossroads happen. And hopefully we get a good send-off for Will. Because he gave his heart and soul to this organization tenfold. We got to see Jeff Green fly through the air at 35 years old. He reminded me that life isn't fair sometimes. Like, I topped out as as an elite high school athlete. Somebody who was very good at that level. But my athleticism just was never good for the college or professional level when I wanted to play. And that sucks. That's too bad. There are certain things that I couldn't control. But Jeff Green, my God, is that guy blessed. He uh, he has turned that into just an unbelievable asset for a 15-year career. And whether he's back next year or not, he does seem like a guy that can be a part of things. And though it wasn't a good series for him this time around, there are other series that he could be helpful in going forward. But he flew this year. And I really appreciated that. We got to see Bones Highland show out, absolutely prove that he is a member of the core for years to come. His big moments, his back-to-back-to-back threes in game four, his flourish, his step-back ability, his pizzazz, his just amazing character, and just very excited for his future, what he can bring to the Nuggets as he continues to progress. He is going to be a guy that Denver's going to ask him to get better at various things, and I believe that he is going to firmly get better. Because he just seems like that level of player that's committed to the grind, that knows that he has to improve at certain things. That if he wants to stick then he's going to become the best that he can be. And he seems like a guy with the character to do that. We got to see Austin Rivers show up and absolutely take on the most difficult assignments this year. It literally broke his body at the end because he was fighting so hard for the entire time. But he never complained once. There was some frustration. There were some times where he threw up his hands he prayed to the gods when Aust- when, uh, when Damian Lillard finally missed a shot in Game 5 last year. But he's had moments with this Nuggets team where he stepped up in the biggest times and absolutely been a part of their biggest successes while he's been here. And to think that a guy like that came off the street after teams had chucked him aside, I want that guy who knows what it takes at the NBA level, to stick and to progress and to get better. And he knew from the jump just how tough this series was going to be and that he had to reach a certain level in order to get there. And it sucks, and he said he was heartbroken on Twitter that it came down to an injury for him. But I do think that he would have been in the closing group had he not gone down. And to be that important for this Nuggets team, I want to see them retain him. I want to see them bring him back. For sure. And finally, we got to see the the DeMarcus Cousins redemption arc, excuse me, where he was also cast aside 
by a variety of people, by a variety of teams, was told that he was toxic, that he could not latch on. And Michael Malone gave him a chance, and he said he was very thankful to Malone, to Tim Connolly, to Calvin Booth, to many others, that he had this opportunity. And he repaid Denver in a big way, where I was very critical of him at various points. But in the playoffs, when Denver needed somebody that could take advantage of a mismatch, that could settle down that second unit and be a big part of it, DeMarcus Cousins was a big part of it. And he was a positive in this series, despite the fact that he's slow, that he's not super athletic anymore, that there are certain things that he can't do. But focusing on the things that he can do, he has a place in the NBA. And a team is going to sign him. And if it's the Nuggets, then great. I'll be happy. If it's another team, then I will also be happy. Because Boogie clearly deserves that chance with what he's shown. I know it sucks. I know it's tough that Denver in this particular position couldn't get it done. And if your definition of success is winning a title, then yeah, they failed. And you can be sad about that. It can be tough. But for Nuggets fans, I don't think that can be the definition. I think it's impossible for that to be the definition for this franchise. They haven't won a title. They haven't even been to a, an NBA Finals. Nuggets fans have dealt with that for a long time. And they've had to come up with ways to find value in seasons where things didn't really work out. It's kind of the story for Denver, for this franchise in general. But with what they're building, and with the people that they have in place, I don't think the Nuggets fans are going to have to have that definition anymore. But you find that you're connected to people. You find that you're connected to this group, to this group of players, this group of guys. Because they are resilient, because they are fighting, because they're about everything that Nuggets fans want this team to be about. And at some point, that is going to translate to success. That is going to translate to the ultimate form of success. I do genuinely believe that, that they are forming a foundation here and continue to do so. That it was unfortunately derailed by the injuries. But I'll leave you on a positive note. Nikola Jokic basically committed to signing the Supermax in the offseason. He was asked today, about the Supermax, and said if it's on the table, he would, of course, sign it. And he said that he likes the people. He likes the group. He knows that Denver's building something here. And it's firmly the truth. The Nuggets are building something. It's hard to see it sometimes when you have the injuries, but it's there. You could see the mentality. You could see the resilience. This team was the bubble team. That they still have those same people, a lot of those same people around. And I had questioned whether they still had that resilience, whether they still had that fight without Jamal Murray. But the truth is, is that they do. Is that with Michael Porter or with Michael Malone, with Nikola Jokic, 
and this ultimate group that they did finish the season with, you still have a team that is willing to run through the wall, that is still willing to get better, despite the fact that the obstacles look insurmountable. You have a team that is willing to do the hard stuff in order to find the payoff. So let's see if they can get healthy, if they can get better, if they pay the luxury tax to make some big improvements and run it back. Jamal Murray will be healthy next season. Knock on wood. Michael Porter will be healthy next season. Knock on wood. If you get a healthy group, if you get everybody on the same page, if you learn from your mistakes and you improve in the places you need to improve, this team has the foundation and the talent to win a title. This year was the year from hell. Let's take a break. Let's step back. Let's understand why things happened the way that they did and appreciate that if you get a good run next year, then things could feel a lot different going forward. But I will remember this season, and Nuggets fans will too, for the year where you had to run through the brick wall every single time. It was going to be hard every single time, and you still did it, despite being up against insurmountable odds. That is the ethos of the Denver Nuggets. Let's see if they can build upon it next year. For now, that is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, site manager over at Denver Stiffs, partnered with Mile High Sports here. Thank you so much for a wonderful season. I will be back tomorrow and probably on Saturday to do some wrap-up pods to have a longer, extended session for Nuggets fans to really feel out what is going down and to expand upon some of the actual questions. We will see what happens, and I am looking forward to it. Even though the season is done, the work never stops, and we are going to enjoy it for all it's worth. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support all season. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.